Yo! Welcome to the Dad Challenge Podcast. My name's Josh. I'm Jeff. And it has been a minute or two since we've podcasted. <laughs> it's been a long time. We It seems like we've said that the last few times, but so much yeah, stuff's it, it changed got, with you that it's, and gone, yeah, and it's gone crazy. A lot to, to catch you guys up on. Next podcast, I'll catch you up on it we'll all. Do we don't have time today. Today, we're diving right into the Micah Stouffer and the Stouffer family story. Uh, you guys have been following us on YouTube about this whole story, and I Jeff's been kind of going down the wormhole for the last couple of days, probably, too. Um, we're going to talk about this right quick. We're going to get into it, and then we're going to bring on Dr. Kirk, who has, a, who has a balanced perspective on all this stuff, who is a psychologist, who brings a really great perspective. And it's probably not going to be a popular perspective for those of us who want to hate the Stofers. <laughs> so talk to me, Jeff. What did you what, what did you I, take away from this whole thing as I told you about the story? So you told me about it. I didn't I didn't happen upon it. You you shot out the uh, the text saying like, "Holy cow! Look what's happening! I'm losing my mind." So that's what started me into it. Yeah, the story on the surface to me sucks. And I get why everybody's mad, mm-hmm. but it's also easy to be mad from behind your own computer or watching videos and then getting pissed and jumping on the bandwagon of all this stuff. Yep. And I'm not saying that that's not, that's necessarily wrong in this situation. Maybe the Stofers and Micah Stofer and her husband, what's his name? James. James. Maybe they are bad people. Maybe they had bad intentions from the beginning. Maybe they, they, the whole point of this was to make money i don't know how you i don't think it was bad intentions i just think it was a mixture of we she wanted to adopt and she's always wanted to but the youtube thing was a way to capitalize on it as well i think it was i don't think that they were evil intentions to do this there wasn't evil intentions to adopt like i I would say that would take so much like yeah no foresight to say hey if we adopt this kid we're gonna be able to make money i just feel like that's unrealistic it was definitely a blend though of like because she had a video at one point saying, since we've been married, my whole life has been a YouTube channel. So this was, it had to be a natural part of it. It wasn't, there's no way they made this choice without that being a part of it. You're thinking they could make some dough if they adopted a kid. I don't think that they thought it would be detrimental. Okay. That's, and and fair enough. But that, and it, it, <laughs> if that was the only thing, then for sure, that's crazy and that's evil. Yeah. But I just, what it made me start to think, what, like when I started listening to what was going on and seeing what was going on, I understood why people are upset. I mean, when somebody makes money off of something, a couple of things come into play. One, you're jealous that they're making money and you're not. Yeah. Yep. And two, they get all kinds of stuff and yep. fancy, like those white shirts were pretty sweet. <laughs> <laughs> those white shirts bother me. But you're I'm right. just kidding. I think no, they're terrible. A, there's a culture of people and the same with famous people who you... You just, we've talked about this before. You want to see people who are succeeding not succeed. And the psychology behind it is yeah, just because you want, just to want people fail, to be human. Right? You yeah. want them to fail. But when someone actually fails and they actually have a legit reason to be called out, that's when people like, that's when this thing explodes the way it has exploded. Right. So what it, what it made me ask the question was, I wanted to know how often do um, adoptions actually fail? So they don't call it failing, actually. They call it... Uh, what do they call it? They here? don't call it rehoming either. Like no, these they don't did. call it rehoming. They call it. Uh, um, sorry. Oh, uh, they call it a disruption. Okay, that's what they refer to it as in the adoption culture. Okay. So, it means something's happened. So, it's about eighty percent of adoptions succeed. This is prior to being legalized. So prior to the paperwork being signed. And then after that, so that's 20% approximately uh, are are disrupted before the paperwork's Mm -hmm. signed. And then after that, it's only about 3%. Wow. So most 
most adoptions are successful. Now, as you read, you'll you you read stories about why people have disrupted adoptions, and there's some terrible stories, right? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, of course, violence. Yeah, and it, and it's hard for them to deal with, and so so I think most people because. I, I don't think that they're going to disrupt an adoption, an adoption to uh, hurt the child. Yeah. So they'll convince themselves because they have to yeah. that it's going to be better for the child. <laughs> you're hitting something for- so. This, you're right. This is exactly what they said. But, we did this for him. Right, but but think about something you're going to do. Are you not going to justify it the same way? Yeah, of course. That's all I'm thinking. It's like you you have to do that, or else or else yeah, then yeah. you're going to feel evil. Yeah. So I'm not saying. I mean, I know they're putting their best foot forward and trying, trying to put a video forward to, to get people to empathize with them, sympathize with them. But from, from the stories you read, people that have done it, from the stories I've read, they're heartbroken over it. Like some of these other people, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, there was one where um, this child that they brought into their home, they had other children and the child was violent towards the other children, uh, would say really mean things to the child. Like uh, your mother hates you when, when you're not around. Um started doing sexual things yeah. to the mother. Wow. Like while the mother was standing there, come up. So, I mean, there, there's issues. That's one story. And we're not saying that's what happened here, but there, there tends to be reasons. And so there's one lady who they mentioned in this article. Um, uh, she was a writer, Joyce Maynard. Uh, she was blogging and she um, had adopted two children, six and 11. And she gave them up and she put in her blog that she's not able to give them what they need. Yeah. (laughs) That's, I mean, what does that statement mean? So she got a lot of flack over that too, back when she did that. So she gave up two girls. Now, who knows what that means? People, some people have biological children because they think it's going to make them whole. Yeah. And then that doesn't work. So maybe like, are you adopting somebody because you think this is going to make our family whole. And then you find out, wow, this is way harder than I thought it was going to be. And they need way more than, uh, way more, I don't know, counseling, way more energy than you can, you can give. It sucks. I mean, you'd think you would know that ahead of time, but yeah. And I think a lot of, I don't think, I know more, a lot of people who have adopted and a lot of these people are salt of the earth. And it's just sometimes, especially when it comes to being to being a YouTube personality is like you know the and the problem that I have with this whole thing one of the major issues is that their fame didn't actually increase 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 until this kid came along right half the reason that they're as successful as they are is because of this kid and they they monetized it they made a ton of money off it they their their jobs are this and it's important I know I know you I know people I don't know who it was who said this um mommy bloggers and things like that who are like I need to have kids because it's my job <laughs> I need more kids because this is my job I need to blog about this and having kids is important this is a, a this is a reality of parenting influencers is that they're not having more kids they're not and I, I know that's not everybody but there is reality to it that it's just the next step for some people I need to have more kids I need to it's part of their process it's like the Duggards capitalized <laughs> and made millions off of having more kids and more kids and more kids and more kids right. do you think they would have had 20 kids or whatever they had if they weren't if the last 10 years of life wasn't on TV I'm not yeah. saying they did I'm just saying there's people that need to do this stuff to keep themselves relevant in order to make more money because this is their career if you're making YouTube big bucks uh, you don't and you get to live at home and live this luxury lifestyle would you not keep going well, yeah, and I want to remind again, it's only their career because people are making it their career. It's true. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Like, 
that's the part, that's the circle on this thing, right? Like yeah. if we want to be mad at them for what they did, then you kind of got to be a little bit mad at yourself if you're somebody that's been paying them. That's true. I mean, I think a lot of the people, I, I've heard a lot of comments on our YouTube channel that uh, have commented that they were following them and they were following because of this kid's story and the adoption and the, and the entertainment value of it all. And now they feel betrayed because this they 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 let this kid go and didn't tell anybody. They, You're right. I think if they would have just came around and started this whole process saying, we think that we, we, that we made a huge mistake. This isn't working for him and for us. And this is how we're going to go through that process. Instead, they just kept it mum. And they just went through the whole process and had to wait until they were called out. The issue here is that they waited until they got caught. And then they still, to this day, to this moment, during this airing this podcast, have the content on their website. Right. He's no longer with them. Stop monetizing it. Right. That's the major issue here. Not that they gave him up, because that does happen and you're right. And maybe there was major, and maybe she was justified in it. She probably was. We don't know. But then fine. Get rid of all the monetization and all the videos you have now because it just makes you look worse. It, it's optics are important here, especially sure. if you're in the in, if you're in this, in the world. You're putting yourself out there. You want to look good. Here's an opportunity to to look better in this situation. Yeah. Make that money for him. Yeah, not for you, not for your and trips. I doubt they're going to give it to him. Not and going you. to Bali after getting rid of him again is just the worst decision you could have made. I don't care if it costs you twenty grand, thirty thousand dollars. You just forget that trip. Because, again, you can't go back now. People are going to research everything about this. Yeah. But, okay, this is going to be a long podcast. we got to get into Dr. Kirk. <laughs> Let's bring him right on. Hey, everybody. Uh, here we are. It's been a long time. It has been, and uh, what a better way to uh, to to get back at her than to have our favorite guest of all time, yep, Dr. Kirk Honda from uh, Psychology in Seattle. Well, thanks Dr. for having me. Yeah, well, <laughs> thanks for coming back on. And you're uh, obviously have you been working from home? I have been. Yeah, total shut in for the past few months. Holy, wow. and so you still take on clients and stuff, but from uh, online. I do mainly phone because okay. I'm just used to phone. I don't like video conferencing that much. Yeah. Yeah. And then you don't have to get dressed, which is way better. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. All right. So, so be, like, we're just going to get right into it. So I, I put a couple of videos out yesterday um, about this Mika Stouffer or Micah Stouffer or whatever issue. Have you had a chance to take a look at the situation and what's your, what do you think about it? Um, I don't know if I have. Uh, can you... Re- Remind me of what's happening. Okay. So the gist of this whole thing is that Mika Stouffer, who is a YouTube and Instagrammer uh, influencer, parenting or influencer, has adopted a child when she was kind of young in the YouTube phase. Like they weren't that famous. And then they adopted this kid and then they blew up. And then basically she rehomed what she said, this kid, and didn't tell anybody, didn't tell her followers and people kept calling her out on it. And so she had to address it. Then when they did address it, they did this tearful fake, I think fake, um, address. And then, and then I called them on all their points that they made. And so it's, it's infuriating because when I was talking about the video, they were, it was all about me, 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 I, 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 this is how we're struggling. And it had nothing to do with the kid at all. And so this is outraged me and millions other 
uh, especially Twitter. Twitter cancel culture is trying to cancel them, and um, a lot of things are happening. But I wanted to take, get your your take on the psychology behind I don't know narcissism and like this whole culture of influencers and the the good and bad of that, and, and the psychology of what's going to happen to the poor kid. Yeah, yeah. So I have a lot of things to say, uh, but it is based not anything on the case that you're talking about because i don't know the case so i can't speak specifically to that case i have no idea maybe so we can break it it's easy to break it down because uh, we'll break it down generically which is even better so let's say you have an like let's let's talk about influencer culture first so this is coming to a head i think for a lot of people um i watch influencer culture because we we have an Instagram, we have a podcast, we have YouTube, and you have to have a certain kind of nar- like level of narcissism to do this. And I, 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 that could be a good thing or a bad thing. But it, from a psychologist's perspective, is influence culture healthy for the overall population? So this is an interesting topic, and I... What I'll say about it is not going to be very popular, maybe okay, even good. to you, maybe even to you guys. Which is that no, I'll probably agree with you. <laughs> which is that whenever there's a new uh, communication technology, it tends to get looked at very suspiciously by the population. I'm guessing you guys are old enough to remember when cell phones first became early adopters, right? There was the the one guy who had a cell phone and no one else had a cell phone and. He's walking down the street, talking on his cell phone. And I remember people would really talk about that guy like he was some sort of narcissistic douchebag. <laughs> who, who, like, you think you're so important that you have to talk on the phone. Like, you can't wait until you get home. That was that was the discourse for a good three or four years. I remember people just ridiculing people. for. And then when smartphone came, smart, smartphones came out and texting came out, Oh, so you just can't wait to, you have to text people all the time. Like it's so narcissistic. It's such a childish thing to text people. Like, and that was a good five years of that. And now we have, you know, whatever you want to call it, influencer culture or YouTube, the, uh, affiction of society, this sort of thing. And so I look suspicious, suspiciously at the discourse just based on that. Now, the other thing that I can say is that we we need to look at the science. What is the science here? You know, we don't want to just look at this and go like, ooh, gross, I don't like it, it's narcissistic. Mm-hmm. Well, what do we mean by narcissistic? Do we mean like it's distasteful to you, like you just don't like it? I mean, when I take pictures of my food at a restaurant, people make fun of me. They'll be like, why are you taking pictures of your food? No one cares. And I'm like, well, my mom cares because... Me and my family love food, and they will love to see a picture of this hamburger. And so I'm going to text them this picture of this hamburger. But for a lot of people, they consider that narcissistic. Who takes pictures of their food? Well, it's a mm-hmm. cultural thing. So if it's distasteful to you, that's fine. That's a personal preference. You can be like, not for me. I don't want to watch it. I don't want to do it. Just not for me. But there's a lot of things in the Internet that are not for you. Believe me. So, so the other thing is, what's the outcome? Because a lot of people are throwing around these ideas that the the children are being harmed. And again, I can't speak to that case because I haven't looked into it. I haven't even, I've only heard, people have asked me to talk about it. And so I've only heard the taglines. But uh, the larger question here is, what's the outcomes of having kids on YouTube? Because right now we have a a lot of people, 
uh, even in smaller in a smaller manner, people posting pictures of their kids on face on their personal Facebook accounts. Mm-hmm. I mean, Josh, I know you have kids. Have you ever yep. posted any pictures absolutely. of your kids on Facebook? Right. They're in some of my videos too. And yeah, and absolutely it does. And that's a, one of the bigger overall things I wanted to talk about. And you're about to probably allude to it, but like, should we be doing that? It, it, should we not let them choose if they want to be all over the internet? Right. So it raises some interesting questions that are very worthy of considering and mulling over that are very complicated. But I find that whenever the question is brought up, there's this knee-jerk reaction of it's inherently damaging, it's inherently unethical. And uh, and I certainly feel that way in my bones. And by the way, if anyone doesn't know me, I do not post any pictures of children in anything I ever do. I don't, I don't involve kids in any, so I'm not defending my own position yeah, here. Right. I'm just commenting on what other people are doing. So I uh, want to know what the, what the outcomes are. Now, we do have a, a data set from kids who were on TV shows uh, or reality TV shows in the past. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we have a, an, a, an akin um, situation that we can look at. And what we can see is that there's a wide variety of outcomes. There are child actors who grow up and have perfectly normal lives. There are child actors who have very, uh, have a lot of ill effects later on uh, in life. You, Michael Jackson, you could even consider him to be one right. of those people. Yep. Um, and you have people who were child actors and grew up and say, I, I loved being a child actor. It was wonderful. I loved being able to skip school. I loved being in the business. I loved all the people I worked with. And so you'll see a wide variety of, of outcomes and, and reports. And I'm guessing it's going to be the very, it's going to be a very similar thing when it comes to this, that, you know, we call them influencers, but uh, you know, it's just people on YouTube, right. That are monetizing their videos and, and people want to watch that's it's entertainment or whatever it is. And the kids are involved in, so the bigger question is like, well, what's the effect on the kids? I think it's case-by-case case basis. It really depends. Now, getting to this particular family, I only know the tagline, which is a American Caucasian woman adopted a, was it a Chinese kid? Chinese, had, yep. Chinese mm-hmm. kid who had autism, mm-hmm. has autism, and made a lot of videos with him in it. Mm-hmm. And, and it was and more then, than... Sorry, it was more than just uh, adopted. They actually crowdfunded mm-hmm. to raise the money to do the adoption. And wanted a child with special needs. They okay. literally were focused on that. So they knew right from the top what they were going. And just as a precursor, she made a video where the adoption company, the doctor or something, and the doctor was trying to say, look, this is going to be... Uh, like tried to warn them and said, and she was all complaining about how they're trying to tell me not to do this and I'm doing this. And she was crying and they're trying to warn her. And then later when they, in the video, they said, we didn't know all the problems. And so they were blaming the doctor and the adoption agency, even though they were trying to warn her. Interesting. So that's not usual that the adoption agency will warn at all. Uh, but so I don't know that particular situation, but from what I have heard, I consider I could see a lot of different possibilities because I've worked with families in situations like this, adoptees who come to the family and have issues on such a level that any parent, any adoptive parent would consider 
sending the child back or having mm-hmm. the kid go somewhere else. Now, yep. the chi- it's not the child's fault. <laughs> the child has issues. The child uh, has autism or has been abused before even getting, you know. The thing that I'll say just very briefly is that oftentimes when you adopt a kid after, uh, you know, it, the, be- the, the only situation where you're not going to have a kid who has attachment problems is if you adopt them very, very close to birth. Right. The longer you wait after birth, the more chances that the child is going to come to you with significant attachment problems that will stick with them the rest of their life mm-hmm. and will probably result in very, very concerning behaviors when they're teenagers. I worked with a lot of families with adoptees who were adopted at a year or six years and had significant behavior problems to the point where parents were worried that this child was going to kill them in the middle of the night. And wow. I and I wondered if that was going to happen. Now, adoptees in general are not murderers, but they if they have attachment problems, it can be very hard on parents is, is yeah. the point, especially yeah. when a kid enters like 13, 14, 15 years of age. We, and we have, I have two adopted teenagers. Well, they weren't teenagers when we adopted them and we go through those issues, major, major attachment issues. And it does, it is hard. It is very difficult. So I will right. agree with you and I've been through it. Right, right. I forgot about that. Yeah. So it, when I hear this story about a family that adopted, if that's all I knew, is that they adopted a kid and, and God bless them for adopting. God bless you, Josh, for adopting kids. That it's saintly behavior. And whenever I hear anyone do it for any reason, even if it's for a YouTube channel for that matter, it's just like, thank you. Because where, where the kid is, is, uh, is probably worse than, than that. Now, I can't say what this, the circumstances were of this home that, you know, uh, in question. So, well, they're obviously wealthy. They're obviously. I'm not saying that they did it with evil intent. Uh, I do know, though. I don't know. I can't say this, but it looks and appears to be that their whole life is on YouTube, and this was just one the next step for them. And even you're right. Even if they did it for that case, the kid is probably in a better position because of it. But could you could it be said that they brought this kid? It was too hard. Then this kid has to now be rehomed. In their words, is that not going to be even more detrimental to a kid with already with already issue, with, that has big issues already? Well, it's hard to say. So the alternative would have been that the kid was never adopted, or that the kid stays in a home that isn't working out for them. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to know uh, because I've been there, and, and I've been ground level with those uh, decisions uh, that families have to go through, and. It's very hard. Sometimes there are other kids in the home you have to consider. And what's the effect on the other kids that are, you know, doing better and having an easier time and it's easier to parent them when a child like this requires 99% of your energy and the other kids are suffering? Like there's, there's just a lot of things to consider. Now, these people on YouTube whom I've never seen at all, they could be complete psychopaths and evil totally narcissistic evil people that ha- don't have a shred of humanity in them. I mm-hmm. I can't I'm not defending them, but I'm just saying that you can't just look at what's I'm guessing available to you on the internet and make yeah. firm conclusions. There's also another possibility that they do have humanity mm-hmm. and that behind the scenes it was a very very tough decision and then they're like okay, 
and they cried and they went through all the things away from camera mm -hmm. and then they're like well crap now we got to go on youtube and salvage our business and actually like create a video that uh portrays how we felt three days ago because we were going through such, such a tough time. We didn't want to film ourselves in that instance. So now we have to, and they're not very good actors. They're not very good at <laughs> faking true. crying. And so, well, so they, let me, let me give you a little context. So they, because one, I think once you start digging into this a little more, Dr. Kirk, you're going to probably start thinking a little bit more like I am because I've, I've kind of immersed myself in this. I went down this wormhole this black hole for the last couple of days and it's been bothering me. Um, but they, she said that this, we only showed you 5% of the problems and the other 95% we didn't show you it was so hard. This and that, that could have been violence, could have been all this stuff. And the kid was nonverbal and uh, they would make, they would make Facebook posts about how like he would look at you while you're eating. And my husband didn't like that. It was just, it felt, you know, I, tr I kind of trust my gut. when I talk to people, I kind of, I, I don't want to, I'm not boasting, but I can sort of, kind of feel people out by hearing their stories and talking to them and saying like, Oh, I can sort of, I'm not saying always get it right, but man, this kid, it felt like this kid was kind of on the outskirts the whole time. Like they didn't get what they wanted and it was too hard for them. But basically they, they rehomed or put this kid back into foster care. Cause there's no way he went right to her home. That doesn't, that doesn't happen. They put him back in the system. The system was looking for another. And in the meantime, they went to Bali for a month. Right after they let this kid go back to foster care, they went off on a family vacation for 30 to, or for a month or something. It's just too much proof of like, I don't know if that's proof, but too much like things that happened that is outraging. This is why this is exploding the way it is because of all these things that fell into place. All the videos she made before, all the Instagram posts she made before, like we, we're not going to just, he is not, we can't just give this kid back. She literally said in old words, he's, you can't give them back once you adopt them. She basically, she said those exact, that exact phrase. She said in her Instagram post, I'll never, we'll never give up on you. Like it just was so hypocritical into the end. And I know you're saying it couldn't be hard. And I, I've seen a firsthand knowledge of how hard it is to have a kid with attachment disorder. And I have myself thought about the idea of giving my kids back. And it's really hard to say that, but I've, I know where they've been, but I didn't give up. And I think most people can't stand the fact that these people gave up. But the thing that kicker for me over all this was, is that they kept all the videos up, monetized, made tons of money in a couple of months, even after they were no longer his parents. And so they kept making money and they still have the videos up. If you're going to, if you're going to rehome a kid because it doesn't work and this happens all the time, we know it does. Then the first thing you should do is either demonetize or take those videos down. So it shows people that you actually, you know what I mean? No, don't capitalize on it. Yeah, I guess. I mean, your listeners are going to hate me because I, I don't know uh, anyone who agrees with anything I'm saying right now, but... <laughs> I actually uh, kind of lean towards... Jeff, sir. Towards... No, nah, it's not that I agree with what they did. I don't. Like, okay, Josh, would it have made it better for you if they had made videos saying, hey, we're really struggling... Uh, let's, we're really thinking that this may not be a fit for our family. That would have made it better for you. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think, yeah. Instead of waiting until you had to be called out on it. But she was, she had a product. Yeah. Truthfully, right? Yep. And and probably doesn't want to degrade her product. Probably felt that way. And the fact is, is like you said, you went down your the wormhole. The wormhole that you went down though is one, what they want you to see. Yeah. All the videos they posted. Two, 
the other people who are probably hoping to monetize something off of it by getting yep. 500,000 watches while they slam yep. these people. So again, that's still sort of in my mind uh, exploiting Huxley. Yeah, right? I agree. So that part kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth. And in the end, you don't see them 24 hours a day. So you don't necessarily know the conversations that were happening. And again, like I kind of agree um, with Dr. Kirk when he says, yeah, they, they could be evil and, and, and maybe they are. Um, but I don't know. I just, that takes a special kind of evil. I know that we can listen to what everybody's slamming them and call them evil. And that makes it easier to call them evil because you, you got so many people agreeing with you. But I don't know if that's really the case. Like that's a special, special kind of evil. If that was the intention from the get go, I just, that's hard for me to swallow. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe if I watched the videos, I'd have a different uh, vibe with it, but I haven't. So I just have the, the little facts, the, the summary. And what I see is a family doing something that a lot of, a lot of people are doing, mm-hmm. which is to create a YouTube channel for themselves so they can make money. I mean, one of the things that uh, people might not consider is some of these, so there's a, there's, this is just one of thousands of families now that are doing social media businesses, essentially. Mm-hmm. They're basically creating their own reality TV shows. And yep. the um, you just look at that as a society and you think that's gross because it's uh, the kids aren't old enough to make their own choices about that. Um, it's, it's very private. Um, it seems narcissistic. It seems boastful or something. But the fact is is that a lot of people like to watch it and that's how they make money and that's how any reality tv show makes money or how any news show makes money or how you and i uh, make a living or not (laughs) from from the podcast that that we make and so it's it are we narcissistic you know are we gross because we like to put our uh, opinions out there and people click on it and like to listen it so so there's that and um so it brings up all these questions about uh, should kids be protected in this situation? And I think that in the next 20 years, we're going to see legislation around this. Yeah, We're, we're going to see uh, regulations around you can't do this level of uh, um, YouTube reality TV show for your kids because of these five cases... It basically what it's probably going to take, and the, and it took this in Hollywood, where you have a group of kids that are 25, 35 years old, having been in reality TV show, YouTube things, and they get together and they say, we were harmed in this way, yeah. and we were not given a chance, and then they do their circuit for raising awareness and talking to legislatures, and, they, and then laws will be passed. Um, but right now we're just not in that situation yet. So we have people who are making a living doing something that people enjoy, and maybe the kids are being harmed, and maybe they're not. And my this is all bring it to this one point that I thought of, which is that for many of these uh, parents, I'm guessing that they don't have to work away from home very much because of the YouTube uh, yeah. money that they're making, and so what's the positive outcome from having so much time with your kids? You know, 
other families, two-income families, the parents are working 50 hours a week and they're away from the home 60 hours a week. And when they get home, they're exhausted and the kids are at daycare and at school and they, they don't get any quality time with their parents. So is, is that a protective factor for any kind of negative outcome that could happen from being on YouTube as a kid? I don't know. Uh, yeah. I, again, we, I don't have the data cause we haven't studied it yet. And I'm guessing it's a case by case basis. What, what frustrates me with, with influencer culture is just the fakeness of it. And the craziest thing is that everybody knows it's fake. Like, you know what they're putting out there with their super, you know, you got to watch their channels. It's all very shiny and bright and white. And, um, and you know, I get I get it. I understand how marketing works. I understand because you, you get followers, it works. But I just, we know in the end, and everybody does, is that it's fake. And though you strive for that, and you it's unachievable. And so influencer culture in itself regardless of kids is i think is it's kind of it's i maybe said it's peaking out and hopefully it's on its way down but we got to figure this out because i don't think it's healthy at all i don't think us following these people who are i mean i guess it's, it's like celebrity culture anyway we shouldn't even be listening to celebrities because half of them don't know what they're doing anyway but but it's it's like all of our entertainment culture you, you know like let's take uh rom-coms or something like that so they're all formulated the same way and it's not real we mm -hmm. all know that right and yep. then you got uh, pornography yep. uh, another thing that's not real but people love to consume and then you've got these uh influencers like the fact is is they're creating a product that is getting consumed that's why it yep. exists so if yep. you if you dislike it don't watch it that's kind of got to be the thing right i mean yeah it exists because people want it so then on that so then the other hand is that if you are the person that is willing to put your whole life out there, then you must be willing or have to accept the fact that you're going to get called out and be in this. And because the thing that frustrates me the most about the end of their video was like, look, this is really hard for us. So respect our privacy. <laughs> and they didn't respect this kid's privacy from the day that they got in. They literally from the moment they picked him up from China, this kid has been on YouTube from the moment they've seen him like with their eyes the camera has seen them with their eyes and they 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 expose this kid and their children all of a sudden it's not going their way and they're like please respect our privacy you don't get to pick and choose i don't think well i'd be curious what they mean by protect uh, respect our privacy I, i'm i don't know but a lot of people in these situations with this kind of internet storm are being doxxed or yeah. they're being harassed in a very real way very mm -hmm. scary way Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, you know, they're not asking, don't watch our YouTube videos. They're, they're not asking, don't comment below what, I, I don't know. I don't know what they mean by that. I think they um, mean, don't bring, don't, I, I think that what they're asking is for people to let this go in order to protect Huxley. I do believe, honestly, they think that that's what they're saying, but it, to everybody else, it feels like that's just a cop out and they're just trying to find the easy way out. Yeah. And again, maybe these are terrible people. Maybe if I saw these videos and watched them and knew these people, I would be like, wow, those people are a piece of work. Um, but I, I think what's happening based on very little, <laughs> extremely little information is that you have uh, this perfect storm for internet culture to uh, cancel someone, which is you have quote unquote an influencer which is basically a bad word now if you're an influencer it's like yep. 
automatically a joke, right? Like, oh, you're an influencer. <laughs> it's like it's like the new millennial. You know, we yeah. used to say, oh, millennials, right? Well, now it's all influencers because they expect crap. They want yeah, stuff from everybody. <laughs> well, I guess. I mean, they're making a living doing yeah. doing a job. So you know, what are you going to do? You don't have to watch it. Um, and so I think that that's part of it. It another part of it is that. I think people are just frankly jealous of people who can make a living off of YouTube. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's a, another part of it. I think another part of it is that people don't understand that there are perfectly loving, warm, better people than you out there who are adopting kids and after a span of time realizing it is just not doable and they give the child back. And when you hear that, you just think, my God, who could do that? That to, to reject a child, to just, to just throw a child away, that's what it sounds like to them. Mm-hmm. But I'm here to tell you, man. I mean, Josh, you've been there. Yep. I, I've been there with dozens of families. And again, these, these parents are better than me. They adopted a kid to begin with. I've never adopted a kid. Why? Because I'm selfish. <laughs> I, I like my time. I like my space. <laughs> And these people adopted kids, and then they want to give the, the kid back. And it, to people who don't know, which is literally 99.9% of the population, it sounds horrible. And it could be horrible. It absolutely could be horrible. But on its face, it's, you have to, it's not horrible just on that detail. Because I've been with the best people on the planet, and they've given, their, they've given the kids back. Mm-hmm. And after you know months and months and months of trying to improve things and it getting worse and worse and worse so yeah that's- I, I agree and the only issue i have is that that's that does happen it's fine but you just i just i just can't i can't square the circle when it comes to the content and the money that they've made and that they haven't the big the big change.org thing that's out there right now is to just have the stofers remove anything about this kid not no one is saying what? die or do it they're just saying please stop monetizing this kid who's not your child anymore you're making money off of it, and you are being secretive about it. They, they yeah, should, that sounds reasonable to me. What if they take the money that they made, give it to and us. or put it in a trust or something for him? That's that would be that would be awesome. That would be the thing to do. But and, do you really think they're going to do that? Because they made the money too, and they poured it into a Bali vacation. They would they put they bought an eight hundred thousand dollar house in Ohio. We don't know where that money came from. What if they come no, from? No, she rich admitted family? it that oh. it came from that. Oh yeah, she literally admitted because of because of this kid, she got forty three thousand dollars sponsorship from something, and she like flaunted it in front of people. She, this is the problem. She openly and freely admits all the stuff that happens comes from her life influence lifestyle. Complains on a YouTube channel that getting him speech therapy is five hundred bucks an hour, and so she found someone who does it for sixty dollars an hour, and she was complaining that it was too expensive. While she has a like a four thousand dollar bracelet on her hand that people were calling her out on. Yeah. It's so just these are, these are the things, These are the things that frustrate everybody because yeah. you yeah. see that stuff. There is that element of jealousy, I think, a yeah, little bit. Absolutely, and then. And then, yeah, yeah. And then it just seems so much worse when you say it those ways. Okay, so Dr. Kirk, but, just quick, because we're already at thirty minutes. What, what, if so for this kid, what are the detriments? Is, could it be detrimental if he finds a better loving family or whatever? Is it worse for him to go through this twice, basically? Well, I can't speak to him exactly because it everyone's different. But I can speak to the kids that I have worked with in, in the past, and that is is that the more shuffling around they go through, the worse it is for them. 
mm-hmm. the the attachment. Uh, we don't even know where. Do we even know where he came from? What kind of conditions he was in before he was adopted? No, no, we don't. We know that he came from a adoption agency, probably from birth because of his defect. He had a. They said brain tumor, but it didn't. It's not a brain tumor. He had something wrong with his brain, and then the aut- uh, the autism didn't even come about till he was about two and a half years old, apparently. And then it was like severe attachment disorder and all these other things. Like he's nonverbal. He eats too much, apparently. She said, and like does she just goes through the whole. She basically lays out to the entire world all of his issues, which I also have an issue with. From some of the reading, from some of the reading I was doing, that attachment disorder it gets worse if given up and then having to go to yeah. another family and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. In general, it's that it's not a good idea, obviously. But All, the alternative is that he stays with them and they don't want him. And that could be detrimental. You don't yeah, want to. I mean, right. Those are the decisions. Well, not that they necessarily don't want them, but it's not a good fit or right. Sorry. Uh, these sorts of things. Um, interesting. So just the, based on the, the little details that you told me, uh, I, I would wonder if he actually is autistic. There's a good possibility that there's brain damage of some sort and or severe neglect early in life mm-hmm. that can result in a host of developmental issues, including de- delayed speech, including behavior problems and uh, empathy, these kinds mm-hmm. of things. Yeah. So... Uh, I wonder if they just said autistic because that is something that other lo- a lot of people sort of understand right away mm. or they think mm-hmm. they understand right away what that means. Um, but anyway, yeah, uh, in general, the, the more they get shuffled around, the, the, the worse it is for the kid. Um, but like I said, I, I've seen perfectly loving parents make that choice knowing that it's not a good idea for the kid, but overall it's, um, it's gotta happen. You know, like I want people to, if, I don't know if this is what they were going through this, this family, but parents who have at least considered giving their kids back, I want you to think about this. Uh, I was working with a family once where the kid was, I don't know, 13 or something. And every night he would wake up and he would move things around in the house. He would unplug appliances and go back to bed. And then they would wake up in the morning and they'd be like, what are you doing? And he was like, I didn't, I didn't do anything. And then he, when they weren't looking, he would immediately attack the other kids in the family and mm-hmm. try to severely hurt them physically, like mm-hmm. with implements and weapons Mm -hmm. and and when when but when the parents looked he he immediately uh was you know would stop doing that kind of thing and the kids would come running like he stabbed me with a pencil and i'm not saying (laughs) by any means that all adopted kids are not like are like this it's it's not that way at all this is probably like five percent or something three percent but when you have severe attachment issues it can result in this kind of thing at times. Yeah. And it's not just like it's inconvenient or it costs a lot of money to do, you know, speech classes. It's lying awake at night wondering what is this kid going to do to me and my family and my kids and my house? What is, I, what is going to happen to me? I don't know if this family went through that. 
Um, I don't have any knowledge well, so, of that, It sounds but. like she didn't allude to a lot of it, but it did sound like they probably did go through some of those struggles. Like and they she do was, have young children of their own. Yeah, right? they, have the, they, have the, they call them their bios. <laughs> My bio kids. Um, but they, it did sound like there was some of that. Um, and so people are obviously not, are going to just float by that. And yes, I'm a type of parent that, and I've said this, I said, look, if you hurt your brother and sister, my biology kids to my adopted kids, even though we're all biologically related anyway, but that's beside the point is like, yeah, I would probably have to do something about it, but it's just, it's harder to square that circle again because the kid is so young because they got him so young. And even if he like the, a lot of it comes back to is like I with the medical doctors told us we need to get rid of him and all I wish uh, maybe we should revisit this once you've kind of went down the same wormhole I've gone down because there's a lot here and I think you you have a more balanced view of this because I I think I'm I'm really I'm painting this with the tainted brush of my own childhood where I had a lot of abandonment issues and all that stuff and so obviously if I'm I'm being completely biased to the negative because I've seen, I've had that happen to me and these boys that I've adopted, it's happened to them. And it's just, I, I don't know if I want the worst or, or I just, or I, I assume the worst and then just already imagine or automatically assume these people are terrible. I just, I, I like that's, that's why we love having you on because you definitely bring a more balanced perspective. Jeff, it's my balance too on this generally, these types of issues. Well, that's great that you have that self-awareness. I wonder if a lot of people are reacting from that space. And because I don't have that, I was lucky enough not to have that abandonment mm -hmm. um, growing up. And if I did, would I see it differently? I bet you I bet you I would. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that that uh, is what I wish people would do from these stories is as a community, we would look at it and say, well, that looks a little fishy, and there's something about that lady I just don't like. She seems fake to me. But you know what this is doing to me? It's reminding me of the abandonment that I went through, the abandonment that my adopted kids went through, the abandonment that kids are going through all over the world, mm -hmm. the hardships that orphans are going through all over the world. How about we focus on that and try to do something about that? Because that's happening right now and that is something we know is happening right now so let's point our energy and our internet storm at that so True. that we can actually help the world instead of attack these people that we don't necessarily know the full story about yeah that's a good point. That's, that's it. Yeah, that's good. Well, Dr. Kirk, thanks for coming on, man. It's been, I know this felt like 10 minutes, but it's been 40 minutes already. So um, thanks for your opinion. But maybe holler back when you've kind of dove into the story yourself with your podcast or with your, because I know your your listeners are going to want you to dive into this because it's, this is a huge, this is a big one because just the circumstances are different because of the monetization, because of the videos and all that stuff. It's just people hate hypocrites and they think that they're hypocrites. So that's basically the the gist of the whole thing. But well, I love your I love your input in this, and it always makes me rethink my position, and it's awesome. Well, it's always great to talk with you, and I'm sorry that I had no idea what I was talking about this entire time. <laughs> he still made it sound amazing. He's still, yeah, he's still better than us. All right, Dr. Kirk, thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Again. All right, so of course Dr. Kirk is right.
<laughs> a lot of because I, I wish, although do wish he did immerse himself a little bit more in this. Um, I'm kind of glad he didn't because I, I wish he did because I wish he would have been more on my side because I want to feel justified in my rage. But he's he's got a point. He's like, if you think about it, these people adopted someone from China. Even if that kid did go through major issues and is now being rehomed, whatever you want to call it, he probably will still will live a better life, ten times better than he would have lived in China. Maybe. I mean, well, look at China's culture. They're communist. <laughs> like, they're, they, he definitely would have. <laughs> I don't care. Hopefully, like, but he's going to have the, he's definitely going to be some damage. psychological damage, yeah. which, which is, that's going to be hard to live with no matter what country you're living in, yeah. right? Because uh, you can, you could live in, it, this is kind of like, I guess, the bad side of adoption. I, I mean, if there is one, I mean, I know that adopting children, like you said, people are saints that do that, right? That, that bring a kid into their own home. But it does, there, there's also a market for adoption, right? People mm-hmm. looking for kids. There's uh, people who can't have children. Yep. There's uh, same-sex uh, couples who are looking for children and, and can't do that. So so there is a market for this, right? Yep. Just sometimes that they might, they might take advantage of situations to actually have children come up for adoption. So this is suggesting that sometimes people will put a child into a foster care situation um, because of... Uh, medical problems or something yeah. with full intent to have that child back afterwards. Why? It's just saying in other countries, I guess sometimes that happens. Like, uh, oh, so they get taken care of. So they get taken so care of so the that they can ca- deal oh, with. So they can deal okay. with stuff I've, I've heard that, that they need to deal with, and then th- a, with full intent. But get a repaired kid. Back. But because people have money, they come in and they can convince or or take these kids. So I mean. I don't know. I I feel like I I kind of messed up saying that or how I said it, but. There, there is some of that or convincing people, um, exploitation, coercion, trying to get mothers to give up kids, right? Where some of these moms may have wanted to keep them, but they weren't presented with that option Yeah, that they could. They're made to feel like they can't and that I, it won't be good for the kid. I think a part of this whole situation that people that find distasteful is that when you do a good thing, and I know I, t- I hate when people complimented me on my adoption because it was never in my plan. I was never going to do it. Right. I don't like it. We didn't. We did it out of necessity. We didn't do it out of choice. Does that make sense? Like but, it sounds bad. We did it because that's what family does. But to me, that means more than someone who's seeking out an adoption to make their family yeah, that, whole. Well, that's what I was getting that's to. That's what I, I mean. Was, I was getting to the point of like, it would have been smarter if you're going to adopt, and a lot of people do this. Don't tell everybody. Like if right. you're going to do something good. Don't, don't tell everybody. Don't you tell But it? these guys, from day one, she started talking about, okay, we're going to start shopping for a baby. <laughs> Basically. And then I want one that has problems. Then I'm going to go to China. I want. She had it yeah, all laid out and she stuff. videoed it from step one. Step, and it became this big thing for her. Monetized it. Made tons of money on it. Uh, got sponsorships because of it. Got way more popularity because of it. And then when it got too hard, it was like, too much. Sorry. And she didn't think anything was going to happen because of it. And all that stuff that led up to that is what makes this a thousand times worse. And yeah. what it's what's making people's minds explode. Yeah. Because if they didn't, if they didn't tell you any of that, and then all of a sudden they came on YouTube and they said, hey, you know what? Two years ago, we adopted a kid. Yep. We didn't say anything about it, but it was so hard and we're going through this super rough time. I bet you they would have blown up from oh, that. Oh yeah, it would have been. <laughs> and then, and everybody would be talking about them as like being the heroes. Saints, yeah. Like, yeah. Well, uh, another, another thing someone said, I don't know who said it was like, you know what? Why didn't they just foster? And the reason that we didn't foster is because you can't put foster kids on TV or in pictures. You're not allowed to. You have to, they have to belong to you. They have which, to belong to you yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And so, you know, if you're, if your <laughs> heart is there. To, that's terrible. Well, you know what I mean? Saying, you have yeah. to be the guardian. Yeah. You have to be the guardian. <laughs> but if you foster kids, you cannot put them on, you cannot monetize them. Right. 
So Which in this fantastic. case, if she, if she wanted a kid that needed some help for, for a short period of time, she could have fostered, but then she couldn't have monetized it. Right. There's too much. There's too much going. What I've learned today, especially talking to you and Dr. Kirk, is that there is a balanced perspective. They're a little bit more of a balanced perspective. I don't think they're evil. I don't think they're evil. I do think they capitalized and monetized. Yes. I think I think after researching all this stuff, I don't think they should have gone to Bali. I don't think they should have done these things. I actually do think that James probably didn't want this adoption to begin with, that it was pre- put pressured on by by Micah to say, well, we need to do this. I want to do this. And she's probably wanted to do this. And James was, it seemed like through all the conversations and research I've done through the whole thing, it was probably not him who wanted this at all. And I'm not, but in the end, he's going to suffer just as much as she is because of this, because of her choice to, to but well, sure. I he agreed do, to it too, though. I also believe that if this kid was actually hurting her, her children, then I would probably would have done the same thing. I'm not saying, yeah, I think she might've been justified. Is that the case? In, I don't know. She won't say it, and that's fine. I'm glad that they're not. But if that's the case, I do think that's a, there's a justification there for this to happen. But, and I'll always come back to this, delete the content. Yes. Erase it. D- don't capitalize on it anymore. That is the major overarching issue here, is that she continues to make money off this kid and is no longer in their family. Would you also, would you say that because this blew up like this too, now they're making even more, like their channels are probably getting hit. Their channels are getting major hit. This video they put out, it's got 2 million hits on it. Yeah. For every, I think they said they made $45,000 off a 15 million hit video. $45,000, more people, less people make that in a year than what they made off one video. Right. 2 million views, you're probably looking at 10,000, not two, six or 7,000 bucks maybe, but still they're making money on it. And there's, and then because people are looking in this old stories, even if they're sub, they're subbing them to hate them. So they're, they're making money. The re the way to shut down this whole thing is to finally let's put it to bed, get, get this change.org to get him author's content and then stop, to, and then stop subscribing and, stop and unsubscribe to these people. That is how you get justice for this kid. Or force them somehow to put all that money that he made them into a uh, trust for his education. And if they refuse to, let's step it up ourselves and make a, a, a account for him so that when he gets done school or uh, school age, he's got money and like he's taken care of. Yeah. The only, the one thing that I hope comes out of this is that not not anybody that's a YouTuber, not anybody that's got a channel, not anybody that's going to want to make a video giving you an update on what's happening with Huxley, just that the right organizations yeah. are involved right now and making sure that out of this crappy situation, he somehow gets the best out of it. I just hope that that is happening. I got a solution right here. If you're going to adopt, go for it and we love you for it. But there should be a new like adoption rule with adoption agencies, and maybe we can reach out. Is that if you adopt a kid, you are not allowed to put them on YouTube. <laughs> should it be the same rules of fostering. You should not yeah. be able to exploit children anyway. Even ah, if your bio children, even to that degree, if you're if you're innocent enough in it, that's okay. I don't mind it as much. Um, but you should ask your kids. And maybe keep asking them. Hey, are you still comfortable with this? Hey, Tito never wanted to be in any video. I know, and she and she hated it, and she yeah. and that's great. And she got to make a choice, and you and you and you honored it. Yeah. You should continue to ask your children if they want. As they get older, they might not want that on there anymore. You should let them make the choice to be on TV or on YouTube or not at all times. That's what I'm saying. Anyway, that's that's a good one to get back to it. Next, we'll talk about the story. Next episode, we'll get into something different. But uh, dude, it was great. Oh. oh, COVID. COVID. The dog has COVID now, too. <laughs> this is Gus, everybody, if you don't know. This is my dog, who's supposed to be mine, but loves Jeff more than me. <laughs> I scratch his ears good. All right. Thanks for watching, guys. And I hope you got something out of this, and we'll see you next time. Thanks.